0: We really do desire for you to make new wine out of us, and if there are things here tonight that we are uh, allowing to get in the way of that, I pray that you will just convict our hearts in those areas, reveal those things clearly to us so that you can do what you do. I mean, we really desire a God-sized Work in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, in this community, and in this church. So, Father, if there are things that we need to give over to you here tonight, I pray that you'll reveal those things to us. And, Father, for these kids, man, bless these kids. Bless them their whole lives. And I I just pray tonight that they'll just know you in a deeper way. Reveal your character and your goodness to them. And let that just carry them all the days of their life. And, Father, here in this room as well, God, guide us. Guide our church. Allow us to just be vessels of whatever it is that you have for us. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Kids, you are dismissed. Have a great time. You going with
1: them?
0: (laughs) And as they're heading out the door, it is my honor um, to introduce our speaker here tonight. Uh, This man has really, when I started the ministry, I started under Brad. And um, I think the thing that really stood out to me and really guided my ministry is the way that I saw he cared for the students that he worked with man he really just loves people and loves kids loves to work with kids and so that really stood out to me is that that's how I want to lead in my ministry man I just want to lead out of care out of an overflow of care for the people that I encounter so if y'all will please uh, welcome Brad Olin to the stage And as he's coming up, I'd love to pray for you just one more time. Father, I pray that you'll uh, just, if there's any nerves, I pray that you'll calm them right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just speak through him. Let this be your message and not his. Father, help him to be removed from tonight and just speak to us. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks.
1: Yeah, Dallas and I have known each other for 14 years now. No, 12 years, something like that. I'm really echoey. Sorry about that. I don't, do I need to do something? So, hey, um, two really big events have happened recently in, our, in the life of our church that I, I, I'd love to take a moment to celebrate and kind of just talk through just for a second. Um, one, like we just got done with a mission trip. Um, there were, uh, how many guys went with y'all? Six, 16, some, 16. Um, hey, that is like the heart of Jesus, right? We know that from Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that Jesus stepped out of heaven. Like, literally, he was in the throne room of heaven. And he stepped out of heaven and came and he did what? He served us to the point of death on the cross. And so. For those of you that that went, like, thank you for going. Thank you for being an example to us because uh, I truly believe that when you were serving and loving other people in that way, you were you were more like Jesus in those moments than any other time in your life. Like, so so guys, thank you for doing that and and uh, being an example to us. And if that's not a part of your life, serving um, and taking and taking steps in that, man, like it's amazing what happens when you. Take time to serve people and to love people. What it does to your heart, what it does to changing the lives of people around you—it's—it's um, it's one of those things that it, you can't put value on it because it's so big um, for you personally and for the people around you. So, so those guys, like, thank you guys for doing that. Um, and then the second thing was uh, we went—we had a big student uh, retreat this past weekend. And it was, eh, I don't know, how many of you were saved before the age of 18? Raise your hands. So it looks like about 80 to 90 percent, which is about what uh, statistics would say, that like 80 to 90 percent of all people who accept Christ accept Christ before the age of 18. And um, that is super important in the life of our church. Like what's happening over there in the kids' barn is, is absolutely amazing and something that like we need to continue to fight for and continue to to grow in because just like you all most people accept Christ before the age of 18 not all but most and it's a huge time of growing in our in our lives like you, i mean our brains are still forming our, uh we're learning and growing and and so um like Taking that first value of serving and, and loving other people, like if you're not serving, that's a great place to serve because you can have a ton of influence. So this weekend we went on that, that trip and um, it, was, it was one of those moments in the kids' lives um, that I, f- I feel like like just having conversations with them, um, it's one of those moments that they'll never forget. The, the topic was fear. Um, the, whole, the whole weekend topic was fear and how to, to conquer fear in your lives and how to, to walk with Jesus through all of that, like the power that he can give, give you. Um, and it, it was a great reminder, and, and hopefully this is even a reminder for you, that, that there is nothing in, in this world that we should fear more than God. Like there is nothing that we should fear more than God. Yeah, and, and uh, like I know you're some of you're like, well, what if a snake crawls up? Yeah, obviously, like God has given us a mind to to be scared of, of certain things and, and like you know, to move away from snakes or move away from lions, but to actually fear and to be anxious about things in our lives more than we fear God is is not a healthy place to be. And that's what the whole weekend was about. And so one way that you can begin to serve is if you know one of those students or you're a parent to one of those students, hey, this week, just ask them how it went. That's an easy step of serving. And see, what that does is, one, it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with them, um, serving them and helping them see that somebody else cares about me, like... um, uh, there's a statistic that says, like, kids need five healthy adult relationships in their lives to mature into a growing relationship with Christ. And so, um, uh, yeah, so um, you can serve them by asking how that trip went and um, that was a, a long introduction, longer than I expected. I'm sorry. Um, but it's also something that I'm passionate about um, and I love. So we are in the middle of our series on Exodus, uh, and we've, we're walking through this book, and um, Exodus is a great reminder of, of what Christ has done for us. Because in the book of Exodus, we, like, if you can remember all the way back to the beginning, um, the book begins... Uh, actually, Genesis chapter 50 ends with the de- death of Joseph. And, and so that leaves Israel like in the, the land of Egypt um, as slaves and a, as a, a, a people out of their, their land. And, and so you know, like, this, the book of Exodus tells the story of them moving from Egypt into the, God's promised land. And, and so, like, it's his God's pursuit and protection of his people. Um, it's telling us the story of, of how he is building a nation um, and, and giving a nation the... Uh, the, the, he wants this nation to continue to grow and to be his people. And so that's what this whole book is about. And last week, Dallas gave us a great overview of, of them just coming out of Egypt, right? Uh, in, in Exodus chapter 15, we saw the people stepping out of Egypt and they sang, um, remember the big song that they sang? And uh, there was a, a joyful moment, and, and, and they, the people were cheering and rejoicing because of what God had done in their lives. And then at, at the end of what he was Dallas was talking about, God started this conversation with Moses about a covenant relationship between Him and the nation of Israel, and and in any uh, so covenant is, is another name for contract basically uh, in the Old Testament. So any contract, as you all have, if you've ever bought a house or or rented a place, like any contract, there is a. If you do this, then I will do this type contract. Um, And so that's what the Ten Commandments are, right? The Ten Commandments are God looking at his people and saying, Hey, if you do this, then I will do this. And and so that's where we're picking up the story. God has just given the Ten Commandments. And then in the next (laughs) next three chapters, God is laying out more detail to these laws. So, so basically for, for tonight, we, we get to read a bunch of laws. And um, that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Mm. So we're just going to trudge through and read about some laws and, and things that God has kind of laid out for the nation of Israel. Um, but uh, my goal tonight is, is to help us to fall more in love with God's Word and to de- desire to read even the, the more difficult passages of Scripture, because there's there's amazing things that God points out in our lives uh, for us, um, even in these difficult um, difficult difficult sections of the Bible. The the list, you know, you know those sections, right? The the list of people or the uh, the like this, the laws or Levitical laws and and all that kind of stuff. God still. God's Word is living and breathing and active, and every thought, every me, everything has a meaning and, and purpose that can, can change our lives. And so tonight, uh, uh, we're going to step into this, and we're going to look at some of these rules and, and, and move through it. Um, how many of you have uh, house rules, like you've got a set of rules that your kids or your house lives by. Anybody raise your hand? Like you have, you have a set of house, nobody? Really? Okay, there's, there's one, all right. So like, um, you ever been in a house that has like a, on their wall, they have like a big painting or a, or a chalkboard and it says house rules or the rules of the house and they've got like brush your teeth every day and, and uh, pick up your coats or you know, whatever the, the rules are. You ever, any of you ever been in a house like that? Okay, sweet. Um, Hey, so these rules tell us a lot about the person, don't they? They tell us a lot about the household. They tell us, or they potentially could tell us a lot about those, you know, that household, and and could also tell us potentially like that something happened, right? For example, um, in Arizona, there's a crazy law that um, you cannot allow a donkey to sleep in a tub. I don't, I don't know. I'd love to hear the story behind it. But you know there's got to be a story behind that or there wouldn't be a law about a donkey sleeping in a tub. Um, so if anybody knows that story, I'd love to hear it afterwards. But there's literally a law that says that. And and so it tells us that in Arizona, something happened, something crazy happened, that there was this donkey and, and it involved a tub. So you can't let a donkey sleep in a tub anymore. Um, and But the point that I want to make is, like, in every law or every rule or every instruction, there's some kind of meaning behind it, right? There's something that we can learn from that. And, and, you know, there's two questions that you can kind of ask when you're looking at the laws. You can ask, well, why? What is the purpose of this? And then you can ask, like, well, What does this tell me about the character of the person that made the law? And so first, let's just talk about the why. And um, this is, we have to step back a little bit and step back into Exodus chapter 19 to find out why God is making these laws. And in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4 through 6, which should be up on the board, but if you want to turn to, I know it's not in my section, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Turn back to Exodus 19, 4 through 6, it says this. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now if if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession all through the whole although the whole earth is mine, sorry. You will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So we find out why God is making this law, the laws for the people. He's setting up a new, basically, he's renewing the Abrahamic covenant. He's telling the people, like, here's the contract. If you do this, then I will do this. If you follow my commands, if you follow my laws, if you do the things that I would love for you to do, then I will make you a a holy nation, a nation of priests. You will be mine. It almost seems like uh, Israel's getting the better end of the deal, in my opinion. Like, who wouldn't want to be God's holy nation? Who wouldn't want to be the nation that God is looking down and saying, ah, you are my chosen people. You get to speak my message to the world. And so, like, so God starts laying out these rules. If you do these, I will do these, this. And that's where the Ten Commandments come in. That's the, the first set. But, but tonight, we're going to step into some of uh, some of the, the, the smaller commands that he's given in, us in chapters twenty one 22 and 20, 23. Um, so, as you're turning to chapter 22 and 23, um, I, I just kind of want to stop and kind of um, tell you how I look at the Bible every time I open the Bible. And, and so, hopefully, this helps you the next time you look at a passage like this. Um, hopefully, this helps you and, and, and you can take this or, or leave it. But every time I open the Bible, I, I ask myself uh, three questions to start with What does it say? Who is God or who am I from this passage? And what does he want me to do? So I, every time I ask myself those three questions, and it helps, helps me process it. And then from that, like, obviously, like there's, there's other questions, like um, I'll show you one here in a minute where I'm, I, it kind of stumped me, and so I had to, to research a little bit. But if I start there, it gives me a starting place and it gives me something to look for something to 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 step off of so that i can begin to grow my relationship with christ i mean if every time i open the bible i find out more about god's character that's a great place to start in a relationship building aspect with god right i mean if I, if i'm trying to build a friendship friendship with a guy another guy and um, every time I go with hang out with them I, I never find out more information about them. I never find out more about their character. Is that really a, a friendship or is that just a hangout? Like, i don't it's not really anything right the, so to to build our relationship with God, we need to find out more about his character and so I ask those three questions every time I open the Bible and so we're going to kind of look at these through that, eye, through that lens. Um, so the first, first section, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 22, and I'm not going to read all of these laws, like that would be the most boring night ever, like for real, like um, so I just picked a few um, to kind of tre- uh to walk through and, and find out more about God's character together. So in Gen- uh, Exodus chapter, <laughs> Genesis, Exodus chapter 22, uh, verse 1, it says this, I think, maybe, um, maybe I gave them the wrong passage. Nope. All right. These are the laws you set before them. Um, these are the laws that you are to set before them. I'll just. Oh. Yeah, all right, I'll just, I'm sorry, I must have given them the wrong passage, but uh, Exodus chapter 22. Whoever steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it must pay back five head of cattle for, for an ox and four sheep for the sheep. If a thief is caught breaking in at night and is struck by a fatal blow, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed, but it has happened, uh, but if it happens after sunrise, the d- defender is guilty of bloodshed. And so, just, just kind of looking at that, okay, what does that tell us about who God's character is? What does God care about? Well, God cares about us as people, right? He doesn't want us to commit murder, so He tells us, okay, if you do it before sunrise, it's at night, it's dark, you can't tell what's going on, you're protecting your family. No, yeah, I mean, not yeah who cares but yeah like you're protecting yourself you can't tell what what the guy or girl is doing when they're breaking in your house so you have my permission to to do all means necessary to protect your family but if you can see them and you can give them a warning and you can let them get out of the house and you can then then i care about that person just as much as i care about you so let them live and and deal with it in court. So, so we begin to see God's character, and we are, that's an easy one. We already know that. We know that God cares about us. We know that God cares about people. Why? Because God created us in his image, and he loves all people. So from that, like the, how do I apply that to my life? Well, I apply that to my life by, again, humbling myself. Anytime I'm around a person, I'm not better than them. God created them as well, and he desires them to, to have a growing relationship with, with himself. And so I need to, to step back and humble myself and, 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 and not allow my pride to, to begin to think that I'm better than a person. And, and so your mind, like as you answer those questions, God can kind of reveal his character to you even in these passages that are hard to read. Even in these passages that God's just listing out law after law after law. Um, Here's here's a couple. These are a little more crazy. Um, In in, uh, Exodus 22, verse 16, it says, If a man seduces a virgin who is not pledged to be married and sleeps with her, he must pay the bride price, and she shall be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him he must still pay the bride price for virgins and so you know from that aspect like we're seeing that God's character he he desires us to be a pure uh, a people of pure hearts and pure minds and so he wants to protect that with all of all of his might so he laid out a law for that you know and in here's here's another one um uh, in Exodus chapter 22 um Uh, and this one's a little more challenging. It says, do not hold back your offerings uh, from your granaries or your vats. You must give your firstborn son to me. Do the same thing with your cattle and your sheep. Look, back then, the firstborn son was super important. It was the, the, the person in your life that was going to take care of you in your, in your elderly state. And it was the person that was going to give, get all, almost all the inheritance. They were the ones that were going to carry on your lineage. They were the ones that, that they were super important. And, and God's just looking at us and saying, look, you can even trust me with one of the most important people in your family. You can trust me. And see, so, so even in, in the, the hardest of moments, the hardest of passages to read in the Bible, God still has a plan. God still has character-revealing moments for you and for me, even though it's hard, even though it's hard to read. If we just sit down and, and sit in his presence, God has some moments for us. In the word of God. And so uh, so we see that, that God is setting up his covenant. Back to the overview of Exodus. God is setting up his covenant with, with the nation of Israel. And and it's coming to the point where, okay, God has laid out everything that Israel needs to do to become this holy nation of priests. And in chapter 24, he, he moves on to a, a new section. And he says this in, in Exodus chapter 24, um, in verses three through eight. It says, When Moses went and told the people all the Lord all, all of the Lord's words and laws, they responded in one verse voice, saying, Everything the Lord has said we will do. Okay, so so catch this, like this is a, a very important moment in the nation of Israel, and actually um, it, it has very big correlation for us. Like, so remember those moments where you first accepted Christ and you were all gung-ho and you were super excited about what Christ did for you and, and you were ready to, to, to charge hell with a water pistol and you were excited, no matter what God tells me to do, I'm going to do it, right? Right? And you were like, I remember those days. I was, I was excited. I was like, I got baptized at a at a young age, and I was like, man, I, what next? Let's go, yeah. And and I wanted to learn. Even at the age of eight, I wanted to learn and grow and walk with with Christ and do everything that I could. I started serving at the church, like opening doors for people at the church, and and I wanted to be a part of this of of this kingdom of, of Christ. I wanted um, and. And I remember that. I remember thinking that. And Moses went and wrote, and it continues, and it says, Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said, and he got up early the next morning, and he built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 pillars of stone to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent the young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as a, as a fellowship offering to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people, and they responded again, we will do everything the Lord has said, we will obey. So there's there's this moment where... We all have felt this way in our relationship with Christ. Like, I, I just, God, I want to give you my whole life. You've, we've all been there. But then, then some stuff happens. We, we start wandering in the wilderness and we lose sight of what God has done for us. And we begin to, to walk away and we begin to allow things into our lives to sidetrack us. Even, even though we, we, we shouted it from the rooftops, we've, we've, we've told our kids, hey, this is what we're doing, this is what I want, this is, this is who I want to be, I want to be all in. And then little things just start picking. Little things. sin, we 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 mess up we didn't offer our first born son we didn't we didn't listen when it says don't lust and and it starts with a little small step and Dallas and I were talking today about that that journey of the path of sin and you know like we were talking about it and it's so true, like, you know, when we're first saved and we want to do everything that's right, like, we're, we're standing on the path towards Christ and we're walking towards Him, and, and then we allow that one little, one little thing. We start thinking, oh, this isn't going to hurt anything. It's just a little, it's just a white lie. I'm just going to, but that's, then our, our lives have changed position. And so no longer does a white lie or a small temptation of lust or that second look at that woman or that second look at those pairs of shoes that we don't need or or that desire for that new car like it it's no longer as big of a deal because we've already taken one step off the path and so oh that next step it's it's a it's, a, it's a little easier. And that's That's what begins to happen in our lives, and we begin to step off, and we miss the mark again and again and again, but there's hope inside of that. Like, if we read in in Exodus 23, even for the nation of Israel in this this chapter, he says this uh, in Exodus chapter 23, verse 20, it says, see, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to a place that I have prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebelling since my name is in him. If you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. And once again, even inside of chapters of listing law after law after law that seem like it's a hard thing, God puts this little nugget, God puts this little piece of hope into our lives. If we are faithful to sit down and ask three questions every day if we are faithful to sit down and open his word and, and begin to to fall in love with this, he's faithful to begin to show us a way that, that as we're walking down this path, like, I need to get back over here. He's going to show us. He's going to give us the help we need. He's going to give us the power to get back on the right path, t- to, the, to the path that, that I promise you, we've heard these vo- we've heard these verses before. But in in First Peter, um, chapter I mean Second Peter chapter one, he tells us that he's going to give us everything that we need for life and godliness if if we are following him in his power on the path. Philippians 4.8 says that he's going he's to get, like if we are thinking about whatever's true and, and just and honorable and noble, he's going to give us the strength to walk and to serve and to love and to help people that need help. He's going to give us the strength. He's going to make us, uh, 2 Corinthians tells us that he, we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and powers. And so just, just taking 20 minutes a day, five minutes a day, to sit down and even in the hard times, the hard passages, sitting down, trusting God to reveal himself, his character, and where he wants us to go is gonna better our lives in amazing ways. And so inside of this story of Exodus, God reveals once again, his character through the laws. He reveals how he wants to provide us a way that we can stay on the path towards him and to help and to serve other people. And he gives us hope and joy. In in verses, in chapters 25 and 26, after the nation of Israel has agreed to the covenant, (laughs) It's such an awesome idea. God begins to set up his tabernacle. He begin, and for those of you that, that catch that meaning, like basically the tabernacle was where his presence resides. And it's such an amazing, this is such an amazing picture of what happens in our lives. The moment that we accept Christ or enter into a relationship with him, that is our covenant with him. That is the moment that the blood of Christ, like in in Old Testament contracts, it took a blood sacrifice to make a contract binding. Jesus Christ's blood on the cross was that binding contract in our lives that's saying, God's saying to us, hey, just step into a relationship with me and I will carry you, I will give you the strength to walk in my ways, and I will give you this, the hope and the joy that you need for every life, uh, everyday life. And so, the moment that we stepped into that contract, like they did, God prepared our hearts to be His home. and And so, this is such a beautiful picture of what God does for us. He gives us He gives us the the covenant contract, and then he enters our lives and he promises to walk with us moment by moment, step by step, to bring us hope and joy and peace. That's what he's offering all of us tonight. He's offering us just like he offered the Israelites, the moment by moment covenant contract to live within us so that we can have power not not power to conquer not power to destroy not power we can have power to heal the lives of people we have the power to lead people towards him we have the power to bring joy and hope and peace into a world that is dark and evil and we have access day in and day out to Him. He's given us, revealed His character, He's revealed His love, and we can sit down and day in and day out be with Him. I'm going to pray, and the band's going to come up and and play. We're going to worship Him with one more song, and, and then we'll, after that, we'll be dismissed. God, we... We thank you for. Um, <laughs> we thank you for what you've done for us. The fact that, like, like, we we mentioned Philippians chapter two, the fact that you stepped out of your throne room, like you could. You could have lived there forever. Like, you could have just stayed there and never, never taken one care about us, but you didn't. You, you literally gave up your position for a moment. You stepped out of the throne room of heaven and became not just... You didn't just come and, like, you could have been a king. You could have been, like, ruler of the whole world. You could have, you could have done anything, but you didn't. You came to show us how you want us to live by living as a servant And not just any servant, a servant that died a disgraceful death to show all mankind that you love them and you're willing to serve them with your life. God, so, so thank you for, for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for revealing the way you try to treat people through Exodus, the way you've shown us the the cycle of redemption, love, covenant, contract, and then we mess it up, but you still, you offer us again and again an angel to help. So God, this this week, I, I pray that we continue to step into to relationship with you. I pray that this week we spend more time with you. We open your word and we ask the questions that, that help us get to know you better. Whatever those questions are. Whether it's, God, what are you saying? Who are you? How do you want me to live? Or whatever those questions are. But God, help us to grow our knowledge of you and uh, in relationship with you this week so that that we can be a light to the world and and people can look at us and say, yeah, I want that. I want to be like that. I want Jesus like that. God, we love you. In your name. Amen.